All right, let's begin. We'll start in verse 26 and read down to verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask and pray your blessing upon our Bible study this morning. Please speak to our hearts and guide and direct us, Lord, as only you can. As always, Lord, we're thankful for your goodness to us. We're thankful for your mercy and for your grace. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray these things. Amen. Well, just on your introduction on your handout, so it'll be virtually impossible, or it would be, to this time of year to escape all the sounds of, of the seasons. And everywhere you go, there's Christmas music and there's Christmas movies and there's um, people expressing uh, their holiday greetings one to another. And of course, this time of year, it reminds us um, more than perhaps any other time of year that of the birth of Jesus Christ. And, um, and that's a good thing. And I think any time the name of Jesus is lifted up, uh, I think that's a good thing. And, uh, and, I, and so it's a, I think it's just a great time of year to talk to people about the Lord and, and what Christmas is, is all about. And, um, um, and it's a blessing. Uh, we're hoping that uh, for the morning service that some of the kids that came in on the bus this morning, their parents will be here or their grandparents will be here. For some of them, it will be the very first time that they've ever heard the gospel, and um, they need to know Christ as their Savior, not as just the person who was born this time of year. Um, and so we're really praying that, that that would be the case. But I want you to think about, we're going to look at Mary's life today, as we've been looking at the different characters uh, during the, this time of, uh, this portion of God's Word, um, Zacharias and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. We talked about Joseph. And um, today we want to talk a little bit about Mary and see how Mary spoke to her heart individually. And uh, with all the sounds that go around us and all the things that we hear, 
Um, it's just maybe, maybe uh, it's just a good time sometimes, it's always a good time, but a good time just to stop and listen and how the Lord's speaking to you. We're about to end this year and start a new year. Um, and what is God speaking to you about? And how is God dealing with you and what's going on in your life? Uh, because God desires to personally have an in, or has a personal interest in you, and and He desires to uh, have an effect upon your life. In Isaiah, on your handout, Isaiah nine six, it says this: For unto us a child is born, and uh, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And then it lists these characteristics there. Look at them on, on your handout there. Let's all read them out loud together, all right? Let me, let me start. I'm going to start again on, on Isaiah 9, 6. But when we get down to the, the names that are given to the Lord, you read these out loud. For Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, let's begin, Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Well, just those titles, those names, those, that's a message in and of itself. And I've actually preached a sermon just taking each one of those uh, names and uh, expanding on what each of them, each of them meant uh, and what, what each of them means in our personal life as well. But... Here the angel Gabriel comes, and the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary. And we see Gabriel quite a bit here. We saw him with Zacharias and Elizabeth. But prior to this birth, does anyone know there's, there's an earlier time in the Gospels, or not in the Gospels, but in the Bible, there's an earlier time that the angel Gabriel is mentioned in the Bible. Very good, in Daniel chapter 9. And in Daniel chapter 9, when Gabriel appears to Daniel, uh, what's happening? Anybody know what's happening in Daniel chapter 9? It's the vision of the prophecy, the 70-week prophecy. And so if you've read through, and I'm sure most of you have the gospel where it talks about Simeon, we talked a little bit about this last Sunday with regards to uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth praying. And the question was, what were they praying for? And, and the idea there was they, they were well stricken in age, the Bible says. They were beyond childbearing. And so we talked a little bit about, well, were they praying for a child, even though they were beyond childbearing age? And um, one of the points that was made was, well, they were, they were students of the Bible. They, they walked with the Lord. They might have thought about Abraham and Sarah, and if God did it for Abraham and Sarah, he could do it for them as well. But then it was also suggested that maybe they were praying for what Simeon would later call the consolation of Israel, meaning the coming of the Messiah. And so as I was doing some studying for this lesson, I thought about that. And it is interesting that the last time we see Gabriel, it's back there in Daniel, and the coming of Jesus here, the birth of Jesus is the fulfilling, or the partial fulfilling, of the 70-week prophecy. There's still seven years to go in that prophecy, but it was the time that Daniel uh, prophesied that the Messiah would come. 
And here he is. Christ is being born. The Messiah is being born. And we're, not, we're going to do a lesson probably in a week or two on the angels. But the angels are ministering spirits. And there's different type of angels in the Bible. And for instance, in Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be the heirs of salvation? So it, God, God uses the angels, and you see it throughout the Bible, as messengers. In fact, in the Bible, it tells us that we sometimes, we may entertain angels unaware that we may not even know it, but angels may be in our presence. And in the Bible, angels have taken on human form. And we'll get into that when I do a, a study on, on angels. But it's, it, it's, a, and it's a very interesting study. There's different types of angels, the seraphims and the um, cherubims and the living creatures. And uh, I think people have this concept in their mind of angels. Much of it is not even biblical. Um, but that's another message for another time. So now let's kind of switch gears and get back to Mary. And uh, because there's a lot of misinformation about Mary, too, that has nothing to do with the Bible. Um, but the message of Gabriel, and, and I've kind of laid this out into four different um, points here about Mary. And uh, the message that the Lord brings. First, we have to think of Mary, and we, and we think of her, and the honor that God gave her to carry the Christ child. But, and, and when we think of that, we're reminded that she, in her, of herself, was a very holy and righteous woman. So let's look at that in verses 26 through 28. So the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, and the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. So a couple of things about Mary. First of all, a little phrase there, she's highly favored. So that phrase there in the scriptures means she's been chosen in preference to all the other women upon the earth to be the mother of the Messiah. That's what the phrase highly favored is talking about there. And then it says, blessed art thou among women. And so that phrase there, when it says that, blessed art thou among women, that little phrase there is, thou art favored beyond all others. Now, there's been a lot of misconception with regards to this and, and things that have been taught to people over the years that are nowhere found in this scripture here. And one of those is that Mary was sinless. Well, there's only been one person who ever walked the face of the earth who was sinless. And of course, that would be who? That'd be Jesus. So there's nothing in here that tells us that she's without sin. In fact, you might find it interesting, but, but the Immaculate Conception, the whole idea of that, and that's sometimes what it's called here, the, 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 it was developed and propagated by the Roman Catholic Church. They didn't believe that until the 1850s. That's when that doctrine began to be taught. So historically, that wasn't even their position. There's a lot of things like that. Those of you that grew up in, 
in, uh, you, in Roman Catholicism, um, you were taught uh, with regards to the rosary. That didn't even come into uh, practice in the Roman Catholic Church until about 1100. There was the confession, and uh, the confessional didn't come into practice until about the 1200s. The doctrine of purgatory didn't come into into practice in the Roman Catholic Church until the 1400s. And you can go right down the list. These were things that were added, 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 added. But our authority isn't the church, and our authority isn't the pope. Our authority is right here found in the Word of God. And if it's not found in the Bible, then it's just man-made things that have been added to what the Scriptures have said. So was Mary a very special woman? Absolutely, she was a special woman. That's why Jesus chose her, or the Lord, the Father chose her uh, to carry the Christ child. And um, because of her, because she was a holy, a holy woman, a woman that walked with the things of God. And when I use that phrase holy, we're not talking like the holiness of God, but for instance, look on your handout at the very bottom of the page one. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner, um, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So the idea is she walked with God. She was, she was righteous. She, she loved the things of God. And God knew that. God knew that uh, about her. Also, by the way, before we get to the next, next point, Verse 47 of Luke chapter 1. This is Mary afterwards, and this is a beautiful a song of thanksgiving. And, uh, well, in verse 46, Mary says, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And then she says this in verse 47. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So if Mary was sinless, what's the problem with that verse? Right, if she was sinless, she wouldn't need a Savior. She said, in God my Savior. So, uh, just another indication in the Bible that the, that the teaching that some people have that she was sinless, it's not found anywhere in the Scriptures. And um, or, or listen to this. Well, actually, you're in the Gospel of Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 11, before we get on to the next point. Luke chapter number 11. And verse 27. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Right. What Donna is saying, if you could just keep your finger there in Luke chapter 11, go back, go back to verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. We'll, we'll look at verse uh, chapter 11 in just a second. But what she's pointing out is that the, the second part of the verse, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. So she's, she's the point that she's, Donna's making is that, that Mary was special, but she was a woman, right? 
And uh, so, um, yeah, it's good. Luke chapter 11, look what it says here. Luke chapter 11 and verse number um, 27. Well, it's on your handout, actually. I didn't even realize I put it on your handout. So I didn't even have to turn there. But it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, and him, of course, is Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. So again, a reference to Mary. But what does Jesus say? He said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And uh, that's what made Mary special. That's what makes you and I uh, right with God when we hear the word of God and we keep the word of God. So go back to Luke chapter 1. So we see that, she, that, that this message that Gabriel gives, it's given to this woman, Mary, a holy woman. But at the same time, she's a bit troubled here. And who can blame Mary for being troubled? She's a virgin. And she's going to have a child. And she asks that question. Well, how can this be? Verse 34. She said to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I, I know not a man? I've never had relations with a man. How can I have a child? So there's a bit of a troubling going on here. Verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled, meaning the angel. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said, fear not, Mary. That's, well, let me just stop there. You know, the Bible says, I told you several, a couple of weeks ago, all throughout the, the story of the, of the birth of Christ, you, you, you hear the, those that are involved in it, the phrases, fear not. Fear not, because what's happening here is, is, you know, we're reading the story and it's already happened, but this is now all of a sudden brand new, and who wouldn't fear? And then Mary, she's going to have a child, and she knows if she has a child, she's, she's espoused to Joseph, and they haven't had relations yet, and she's going to marry this man. What's he going to do? When he finds out that she's got a child, what is the community going to say? When the community knows that, that they're not and have not consummated the marriage yet, what are they going to say? She's troubled by all of this. And um, fear not. Perfect love, the Bible says, casteth out fear. It's one of the things about that, that we should never forget. When we step out by faith and we trust the Lord by faith, and we follow the Lord. There, there are times in our lives where we're a bit troubled. We're wondering what's going to happen. What's going to take place? And the Bible tells us that Jesus comes along. Or the Holy Spirit comes along. And just calms us. Gives us the peace that only the Lord can give. And um, that's what's going to happen here with, with Mary. Jesus would say later on on your handout, John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. But let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's a peace that only, only the Lord can give. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that peace. Amen? And we have the peace we make with God when we get saved. And then we have the peace of God as believers. But fear not. Fear not. And that she's dealing with this, 
uh, situation here. Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, Mary would know, I believe, by just this statement, that this is the fulfilling of the Old Testament scriptures, that this is the Messiah. I don't think she understood everything, but this is what's happening here. She's going to give birth to the Christ child, to the Messiah, to the one that for hundreds and thousands of years the Bible had prophesied would be coming. And he, verse 33, shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Well, Mary would have known there's only one person that that could be. And that's the Messiah. The one that had been promised. And then 34, we've dealt with that. How shall this be? And 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Whew. Well, now the message has been delivered. And, um, you know, think of it. How would you accept? How would you have received that message? But she receives that message. And uh, now we find out a little bit more about Mary. Verse 30, 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. So you have the two, the two births here. You have one, a child, John the Baptist, also fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And um, we talked about that last week. And he would be the forerunner, if you will, of Christ. He would proclaim, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There's quite a lot going on in this family, don't you? you know, with, with everything happening here. You know, uh, Donna asked me, are your children coming home? Or she said something like that. There'll be quite a lot going on in my family in the next two weeks when the whole crew comes home and everybody's there and, and it'll be fun. And, but nothing like this, I can tell you that. And, um, but just think of the family. You got Elizabeth, Zacharias. Zacharias is in the temple. Gabriel speaks to him. He can't talk until um, he finally, uh, he's told not to name John Zacharias, but to name him John. And uh, so he has to fulfill that. And then we find here that with regards to Mary, they go to Elizabeth's house. And um, this is the sixth month with her. It was called barren. That I got with God, nothing should be impossible. And then in verse 38, we find some more out about Mary here. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So she's troubled, but now you see the humbleness of Mary. You really get a good insight into. Why Jesus or why Heavenly the Father chose her, her humility. She says, Behold, she says, the handmaid of the Lord. And on your handout, that word handmaid 
It literally means to be a female slave, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. She basically says, whatever you want for me to do, I'll be more than happy to do it. Because I'm your handmaid. She's just a servant. And as I was doing some reading, I put this on your handout. This, this was an expression of resignation to the will of God. Of faith in the promise. Do you remember, let me just stop there. Do you remember when Jesus was at the, uh, the wedding feast? And um, Mary, and they had to fill the the uh, 12 firkins with the water, and Jesus would turn that into wine. And you remember the instruction that Jesus gave to the disciples? She said something. Right, the, the exact phrase is, whatsoever he saith unto you, just do it. Do it. And so here you see that in Mary, just as this young woman, probably <clears throat> in her mid-teens, and, um, well, if that's what the Lord has for me, then that's what I'm going to do. So, let, 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 just think about that for a minute. Are you listening to God's voice in your life? You know, you teenagers that are in the room, God, God doesn't wait till you're adults to speak to you. God wants to speak to you now. He wants to, he wants to guide and direct you now. Are you listening to the voice of God in your life? Mary was listening to the voice of God. I'll be your handmaid, Lord. What, whatever you want me to do, then I'll go ahead and do it. To be on your handout, to be the handmaid of the Lord was to be submissive and obedient and is the same as saying, I fully credit all that is said and I'm perfectly ready to obey all the commandments of the Lord. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm ready to do that. And um, it really gives us insight into the humility of, of Mary. And we can learn from that and apply it to our own lives. In James 4, 6 and 10 on your handout, the Bible says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith humble, or he saith God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And that is certainly what's happening with Mary here. Humble in the sight of God. So, in verse, uh, we continue to read here in verse 38. Uh, after Mary says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, verse 39. And Mary arose in those days, and went into a hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. 
And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. So, other than Mary, who's the first person who recognized the Messiah? Yeah, it was John in the womb. He leaped in the womb. That's pretty amazing right there. Uh, that John, just as a baby, uh, recognized this. Yeah. And so, uh, this is all taking place here, and uh, quite something. Um, but in this, you see that Mary, not only a holy woman, and at times troubled, a humble woman, but a woman who was yielded to the things of God. And these all tie in, these all connect together. And to fulfill God's will is to be in tune with God's word. And Mary was. And so she said, or it said here in verse 39, after uh, this was all taking place, she arose in those days and she went into the hill country with haste. Into the, she went to see Elizabeth. And she was prepared for whatever the Lord had. And, um, and, and you read verses 46 down through, and Mary is excited. Let's just take a minute and read these. Look at verse 46 again. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. He hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spake to our fathers and to Abraham and to his seed forever. And then Mary abode with her three months and she returned to her own house. And then, of course, she would travel to Bethlehem and she would give birth to the Christ child. But she was a, a yielded woman. And uh, you and I, if we're listening to the things of God, Listen, as God is the if you sit under the when you sit under the preaching and teaching of God's word, God, what are you trying to say to me? Or when you open the scriptures and you're reading, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Let me let me give you a, just an example. I've, I've kind of been doing something in my devotions. So all through the years, I've I've read through the minor prophets. If you've ever read through the minor prophets like Hosea and Joel and Obadiah, there's a, there can be, um, you can read them with God bringing judgment on the children of Israel. But I was reading a book, and the author was teaching out of the book of Hosea. And in that book, God pities his people. So I've begun to read through the minor prophets. Instead of God telling them that he's bringing judgment on them, you read it with the idea that God is pitying them. Now, God is going to chastise them. 
He's going to bring punishment. But we know that the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And as I've been reading through the minor prophets with not the idea of God, well, these people are in trouble, God's going to bring judgment, but the idea that God is just pitying these people. They're, they're, all that they're having to deal with is because of their um, sin. And they're turning away from God. They, everything that would be the opposite of Mary. Mary was just yielded to whatever God would have. And um, the, the nation of Israel, they, they would reject so much what God had to offer. And so God writes through these minor prophets, and yeah, there's going to be judgment, and there's going to be ramifications. But read it with the attitude that God is just pitying them, that they're putting themselves through this. And, uh, and yet you'll also see in that God's expression of love for them, despite their rebellion against God, God still loves them. Because they were not a yielded people. But Mary, she's just yielded to the things of God. She's, she was listening. And uh, if you want to really do God's will in your life, you've got to be listening to what it is God has for you, what it is God's going to say to you. So just finish, look at, on your handout in Romans chapter 6, verses 13, 16, and 19. Paul wrote these words. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness." Listen to the things of God. Listen to his still small voice in your life. And be prepared, just as Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be prepared just to yield yourself to the things of God. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you'd bless now the morning worship service to follow. Uh, be with the children as they do their presentation. Be with Pastor Ethan as he preaches. Be with the music as we lift up our voices and worship and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.